0: Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly along with Chuck Davison and Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes and tonight we are going to be discussing alternative ways to rod and reel catfish. Uh, we've got a few other things we need to go over first and we do have a guest on tonight so uh, let's get started. How's it going down in Alabama Chuck? I see you're outdoors again.
1: Oh yeah it's nice. It's uh, We had a little bit of rain earlier. Uh- we got some more coming through here tonight or early in the morning. Um, just not a whole lot going on. Did a lot of housework this weekend. Didn't get on the water any. Uh, Saturday, I rode the grandkids around for a few hours, and they really loved that.
0: Uh, I've seen some of the pictures you was putting up there over the weekend. That's pretty cool. I didn't get much to spend much time on the uh, online, but uh, I did see some. In fact, I think I seen them today uh, when I was setting up the show.
1: Yeah, we see seen no, some, awesome. good, some good pictures on Facebook this weekend. A lot of people catching some really good fish. And Matter of fact, I'm looking right now, and Tabitha and Justin Connor both just boated their personal best flatheads just
0: that's, now. That's
1: awesome. So, I mean, there's some there's some big fish being caught. You know, if Justin and Tabitha just boated their personal best, they got to be pretty big. So, yeah.
0: yeah. That's that's correct. I know that a lot of the guys around here are catching a lot of eating size fish, but they're also catching some big fish too uh, uh, on the rivers and lakes and stuff. So uh, the fishing's if if it's not really hot in your area now, it soon will be just in a matter of days, and uh, it won't be too long the way that water temperature is warming up that those fish will be feeding up, so they get ready to go on spawn.
1: Yeah, we got we got probably three weeks left on blues maybe two, two or three uh, good fishing with blues maybe three or four at the most with flatheads and then it's it's vacation time
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it starts here about the about the end of the first week of June is, is normal uh, when we start getting that and then uh, as far as I'm concerned after the first week of June you might as well just set home the whole month of June because it's just useless for uh, as a rule now sometimes the water temperature and stuff are uh, is a little bit different but june's usually a terrible month for me and and uh, we don't just we just don't do too much then but uh you know that last year if you remember heath and jason Malone went over to uh uh Parrotton there in illinois and they got on that uh, power plant lake was warm temperatures all year round and I, I I'm not sure if the fish actually spawn in that lake or not but they caught some really good fish over there on that lake yeah man
1: I've I've seen them come in uh, on fridge in mornings. them guys are like mummies they got so much clothes on and I've seen them out there and the whole ground is just ice yeah, and, and you can see the steam coming up off the lake, and they're sitting there holding fifty and sixty pounders right there in front of the uh, the the water intake. But
0: and the shad they catch you out of that lake is amazing.
1: Yeah, I've seen some big, some nice sized bait laying big, up in there too.
0: Big shad from that. Doc, how's it going in Ohio today?
2: It's cold. It's rainy. It's about fifty-five degrees. Awesome. We're starting to convert back to winter, Buckeye State typical. <laughs> Just won't get yeah. warm.
0: It just won't get warm enough. Well, you know, there there was some stuff went on over in your neck of the woods. There's some guys that put some great fish in the boat over there over the weekend. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I I know you probably have all the information that's going on over there with with all those guys, but. But uh, there's one guy I'd like to give a shout-out to, Chuck Greedlove and his partner. Got a second-place finish behind Casey Tudor and John Lemasters. And Chuck, has, you know, he's been getting it on over there. Old, old Chuck is, is either winning or in the top one, second or third place, just about every tournament he enters. And uh, we're going to send him a black horse rod here in a few days and let him try one of them out, see if he likes them because, man, He's got it going on over there. Him and his partner, they're always up in the chips, and and uh, I, I'm real excited about Chuck. I think that he is, is one of the up-and-coming guys in our sport, and uh, I, I think that he's going to do real good in the future and, and uh, help everybody and, uh, you know, all the things that, that we're looking for and guys that, that, that are to promote catfishing as we go along.
2: Yeah. Well, Casey and John haven't even stopped. You know, they they got no. a sea arc tournament, and they're still out there beating number one. So that's that's pretty yeah. good on
0: them. Them guys are machines, uh, you know. And, and then again, we've talked about this before, but everybody, you know, they think you got to have a big, fast boat, and, and uh, that little sea arc that they fish out of is not big, it's not fast. But that doesn't make the fish get in it any more or any less because if there's fish being caught, those two are on them
2: yeah they know how to find them, that's for sure they they really do. they
0: do really good and uh, what what information you got about the other tournament that was over in West Virginia? Do you have anything on it?
2: I uh, see. I know I didn't even write that stuff down. I meant to do that. I was uh, getting other tournaments that are upcoming for this weekend. oh okay uh, that was that was won by Willie Smith and his partner.
0: yeah and, Willie they put some good fish in the boat over there.
2: Yeah, Janet and Bank came in fourth in that tournament.
0: Uh Carl Morse is another one. He finished in the top two or three.
2: Yeah. yeah, he was second, yeah.
0: And, and now we was talking about, about Casey Judero and John Lemasters. Uh that Carl Morse and that guy he fishes with, I'm sorry I can't think of his name, but them guys, uh it doesn't matter what body of water they're on. they they're just pretty hard
2: to handle. Yeah, they can find the fish.
0: They can find the fish, and again, Carl's got a very nice boat, but it's not fast. He's not going to beat a whole lot of people to his spots. Uh, I never will forget the statement that he made when he done that show with us, and I know you remember it, Chuck, that he said, you know, he picks out a 20 or 25-mile range that he's going to go, and he finds all his fish in that area, so... Uh, Makes me think that there's fish all over. You just got to find the ones that you want to catch and make them go.
1: Yeah, he he just pounds it down, man, and uh, finds a stretch of river that's holding fish, and and he just pounds it down, finds the big ones.
0: Yeah, he gets it done. He sure does. Well, guys, tonight we we have Austin McNew on our show. Uh, Austin, how you doing tonight? Yeah. Are you there? Are you there, Austin?
3: Doing
0: all right. How about you broke up a little bit yeah. on us. Try it yeah, again. I said
3: I'm doing all right.
0: Good, good. We're, we're we're doing good. We uh, we want to visit with you a few minutes here. I know you you get tired pretty easy, and you, I I assume you've been in school today.
3: Yep, yep. I've been going half day.
0: Half days. That's pretty good. All everything's doing. You got you got a friend over there that that has really uh, stepped up the ball game uh, to get this tournament that they're going to put on for you over there uh, this weekend, this Saturday. Uh, Claude Reynolds has has really put together a big program to help you guys out, and, and we're all so proud of him for what he's done and. And uh, I I understand that you are gonna be able to be at that tournament, is that correct?
3: Yes, I plan on being out there. Austin. I said I plan on being out there. It sounds oh, like okay. A good time. He's got a lot of giveaways and
0: Yeah, he's, he's spent a lot of time and, and uh, put together a really good program, and, and uh, I'm glad that you're going to be able to go out there. We have some issues that have come up over here, and I had planned on being over there, but uh, they uh, we have a, my mother has been put in the hospital, and I'm not going to be able to leave to get over there. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry that I can't make it, but I know you guys will have a great time, and Claude will make sure everything is done correctly, and it'll just be a blast for you.
3: Yeah. Chuck? Sounds
0: like he's got quite a few people fish it too. Yep. I think he does. Chuck, have you got some stuff you want to visit with uh, Austin about? Chuck? (laughs) How about you, Doc?
2: Hey, Austin. Uh, I'll be seeing you Saturday. I'm, I'm planning on being down there. What we got connection Sounds problem. good to me. Okay, good. There, there he is. <laughs> I, I hey, we
0: think can hear that you. That is okay. It must be a little slow on, on the internet connection over there, so we'll try to give you plenty of time to, to answer this stuff.
1: Yeah, it's acting crazy.
0: Are you locked up? Uh, you was locked up, Chuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's... uh, You had me on there twice again. Yeah, uh, we, got, we got mobile Chuck and then stationary Chuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, man, uh... You know, Claude, tell me. All, you know, he was posting about how you're getting into the catfishing uh, really well. Have you, um, have you been able to get out and and get some tight lines out and watch them rods bend down yet?
3: Uh, not yet. I'm my wheelchair is currently not able to uh, be accessible on a boat.
1: Yeah, you don't have to get on the boat. Tell Claude to find you a good old spot right down there on that catwalk and. Um, some of the best fish around uh, caught off places like that. Are they working on you, a uh, a wheelchair accessible, um, a chair accessible for boats and stuff? Well,
3: we're waiting until I get a little stronger and I'll be able to get a manual with wheelchair and we'll be able to get one of those in
1: a boat. Oh, that, that, that will be nice.
0: They're quite a bit lighter in weight, aren't they, Austin?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So so how's your improvements going with, with all your uh, your work? I know that you're doing a lot of physical therapy and stuff, and you're staying after that hot and heavy. Are, are you gaining ground with it?
3: Uh, my core has been getting stronger, so I'm getting more kind of self-control and balance. And then really... All I've gotten back so far, my left bicep's getting stronger, and then uh, I'm also getting a little bit of the tricep back. Not not really enough to do, do anything yet.
0: Well, that's that's great news. If you uh, if you continue to to keep going and do as them doctors want you to do, there's no telling how far you'll go. And and, uh, and the next thing you know, you'll be up running around like everybody. And and uh, I know you're missing football, but from what I've seen, the people that you played ball with and all that area, they're missing you about as bad as you're missing them. I'm pretty sure that that community over there has got behind this deal for you and. And uh, you know it's amazing that that things have worked out the way that they have and, and we're very happy uh, to see you working as hard as you are to get back to where you need to be. All Is there... You. Yeah, you broke up on us, Austin.
3: The support I've got, and has been crazy.
0: Well, and you know that's that's the way things are supposed to work. I, you know. Uh, we try to support as many things as we can, and, and I know that you and your family have done the same in the past, and uh, that's, that's how the world's supposed to operate. It doesn't always operate that way, but uh, it's great to see a community uh, get behind you and, and do all the things that's going on over there, and, and we're all pulling for everything that happens for you, and I and, uh, hope that you get to feeling better real soon.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Listen, uh, we're going to get off of here right now. we got a really bad connection and, and uh, things are just kind of dragging in between us. But uh, when, when you see old Claude over there, uh, when you shake hands with him for me, see if you can't just crush him a little bit there and tell him that's for me, would you?
3: Okay, will do. Thank you, thank you guys. Right. Yes, thank you.
0: All right. Thank you guys for being on the show with us. Get to doing better quick.
3: Thank you. Thank you. All
0: Well, Doc, that's a uh, that's a uh, quite a guy there, and he's working really hard to get things going. I couldn't really keep up with his his uh, conversation. The internet connection on that iPad or whatever it is uh, is just not not real strong for him, but. Uh, you know he's a good kid. He's working really hard to get back where he needs to be, and and the stuff that Claude has put together over there is just an outstanding deal. And I know they're going to have a really good time and and a great tournament over there this weekend.
2: Yeah, and I've got all that information. If you want me to give that out,
0: absolutely. Anything that you got that can involve some people and and and, and anybody that's listening. Uh, if you can't make the tournament or anything you can contact Claude Reynolds if you want to add to it or do a donation or anything like that Uh, what this young man's going through is is quite extensive and it's quite expensive and uh, this this proceeds of this tournament will go to helping them with some of those expenses yeah
2: there's going to be a lot of stuff going on Uh, I'll just jump in here and go ahead and give out this information Uh, This tournament is going to be held at Tanner's Creek, which is in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, uh, Saturday, May 14th. It'll be from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Captain's meeting is at 7.15 a.m., $100 entry fee. If you want to run a third person, 18 or older, it just costs you another $20. Anybody fishing gets a ticket, and that's uh, for all the stuff that's being raffled off. And uh, Claude Reynolds is doing this, uh, and he had told me tonight when he sent me all this information, he said he wants to thank everybody that donated something to this. And I hope I don't forget anybody, but I'm just going to go through the list of what's going to be available for this weekend. Uh, Lyle Stokes from uh, Black Horse Custom Rods is building Austin his own rod. Uh, And I don't know any of the specs on her or anything. Maybe... Uh, when Lyle gets back here he can kind of I'm about that Whiskerware Apparel has donated a bunch of stuff there's four elite rod holders that are going to be available four monster rod holders that are going to be available Friends Outdoors has donated a $40 gift card. Grant Wilson has donated $500 to the family and has donated $500 to the tournament. Along with Claude and Jennifer Reynolds, they've donated $500 to the family and $500 to the tournament. Linda Reynolds has donated $500, and that's for the people that have, in, have pre-entered the tournament. Tim Mulvihill has donated 200 skipjacks. Claude and Jenny uh, Reynolds have prizes for the kids' tournament. They're having having a kids' tournament and a bunch of bounce houses and stuff going on down there. Whisker Seeker has donated 24-pack of Versa Rattles, Leadheads, Assorted Weights, uh, also a $20 gift certificate. Mark Blavout from uh, B&N Silver Cat Rod. Uh, he's on their pro staff. He do, they've donated a BNM Silver Cat Rod. There's a rod been donated from Tomcat Rods. Uh, they've been donated a rig wrap assembly. Randy Erfer has donated a E2 Nav. I don't know what that is. Maybe somebody can jump in there and tell me. Uh, Kelly and Michelle Peed and Mark Mustad are serving food that day. There's are uh, mm-hmm. serving smoke pulled pork, I'll be ready to eat when I come back in (laughs) So, uh, Josh Veed and Lou Grove from Home Medical Equipment Uh, Dunham Sporting Goods has donated a $20 gift card Ohio Valley River Cats a free entry to the Rising Sun Tournament, that's in September Uh, Two Big Cat Fever Rods have been donated A one warrior cat rod has been donated. Bottom dwellers, David Ashby, has donated a bunch of tackles. There's a never snag anchor that's been donated. Purina Feed has donated two $100 gift cards. Dick Sporting Goods has donated a $50 gift card. Uh, Jim Shipman has donated hooks. There's a Budweiser cooler, chairs, and a dartboard that have been donated. Justin Browning has donated a bait net, transom tie-downs, rope, bilge pump, and a hose kit. Uh, Vince Nodoski had donated a paid entry to the tournament, and he is fishing the King Cat Tournament this weekend, and he says if he gets in the money, he'll give 10% of the money that he has back to the family. Josh Vanover has donated a free entry to the Bruce Midcuff Memorial Tournament, and he donated $50 to the family. Uh, hooked on catfish, Doc and Lynn Lang, we've donated a beach, beach at Anchor Systems. Now, there's a King Cat tournament going on at the same time. There's also an Extreme Catfish tournament going on in Troy, Indiana. Both of those tournaments are going to have donation jars that are going to be ma- made available to, that, to the fishermen. So if you can't be at this tournament, if you want to make a donation, they're going to have donations right there for it. So and that's about all I got there, Lyle.
0: That's outstanding. And you was talking about the rod for Austin, and and what what the deal is with Austin is we're trying to to determine. Uh, I went through something similar to this with my nephew a few years ago, and and he was uh, had that issue, and and. They measure the amount of power and strength they have in, in their hands and arms and stuff. So what we're doing is we are taking a pro drift blank and modifying it to where it is shorter. This, this thing will be so light that it, it won't matter uh, how much Austin has in strength now. He will be able to use that later on in life. Uh, as he gets stronger and, and, and uh, more equipped to do things uh, but this will be a very nice little rod for him. It'll have split grips on the rear and, and we'll wrap it up and put his name on it. Uh, it It's not going to be a seven foot six. It'll probably be a five and a half or six foot rod uh, which will be short enough that, that the, we're, we're trying to keep the weight down so he can use it as quickly as he can and then uh, like I say it makes no difference uh, uh, how long they are when you start if we can get this young man back into the sport of fishing uh you know if we gotta do something different later on down the road that's what we'll do but uh he's he's interested in fishing and claude has has put a lot of time and effort into this and i know he goes and visits him that family uh quite often and and we're proud of him for everything he's done to put this together and it's just an outstanding gesture that the, the community has done over there to get behind this young man. Uh, uh, if I understood this correctly, and, and you may know more about it than I do, Doc, uh, he was like an all-American high school football player that got injured in a sledding accident, of all things, yeah. going out, right. to have, right. Right, go out to have a good time with your buds and, and get hurt like that, and and I understand and I've been told this by everybody that he's working just as hard with this physical therapy as he did playing football and uh, you know the quality of player that he was when he was playing uh, that you know he's putting the effort out so he's gonna get stronger and better and do things but the The most important thing is to get him healed up and get him back into fishing uh, and keep his his mind straight because from what I've seen, his family, his father is very nice. I visited with him last night for for some time, and Michael's just a really good guy. And I know the whole family is like that. And and uh, I I can't uh, express enough gratitude for what that community is doing uh, to get behind this young man and and people. This is the kind of things that we need to to be uh, concerned with in our personal lives uh, versus some of the other stuff that goes on because this this gentleman is, is, is he's gonna be something to deal with one of these days when he gets to feeling better and he starts fishing these tournaments old Claude and him will have to watch him he'll come up there and put a whooping on him and I'll be happy to see it <laughs> well uh, Claude may jump in here after a while. I'm not sure if he's going to or not. depends on what uh, what time it runs on when he uh, gets his lunch break and stuff. Uh, he'll send me a message. I'm quite sure if he gets a chance to do it, and uh, he'll be on his phone. I'm not sure how uh, that will work out, but we, if, it, if we get it done, we'll try it and, and see how it goes. In the meantime, we're going to visit about... Alternative methods of rod and reel fishing, and and uh, I know that Chuck, uh, you got some stuff about that, and, and let's just get started on it. And when we get down to it, I've got some stuff to show people that I promised last week that I'd do. Uh,
1: yeah, matter of fact, um, you know, I, I've changed the setup in my boat around a little bit um, since i partnered up with Tony. He's, uh, you know, very very. Uh, you know, he 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 drags frequently. I mean, before uh before he got hurt and everything, um, I mean he was into it big time. That's um even though he you know, he's he started fishing with Jason Bridges and all, after they quit fishing together and started fishing against each other, he uh they kind of, you know, started using different tactics and stuff, even though they still use a lot of the same stuff, but Tony went on and seemed to did a lot better dragging and has got me into it big time. So uh, I've set my boat up to where we can use a lot of his tactics in my boat, and I got um, four uh, 10-inch Driftmaster half-inch of the the Pro Duos on the deck of my boat now instead of just having the T-bars so I can space my rods out more when I'm dragging. Um, You know, and all these different alternative methods, You know, they're all a different ball game. You know, if if you're if you're just uh, vertical drifting, um, uh, suspended, uh, spot locked, or you know, controlled anchoring, uh, they they've all got their purposes, and they you know, they all do very well at different times of the year. So that's why um, you know, I'm really interested in learning as many different. Methods as possible because I know what time of the year that most people you know catch fish doing each one, and um, you know perfecting each one is very important to me. Being able to get these down pat to where I'm just not out there uh, swinging at it. I'm able to you know do it right and, and catch fish uh, productively while doing them. Um, the, uh, so the dragon, it's going to be a big part of my, my uh, methods for the future.
0: Now, Chuck, when you're talking about dragon baits, you're talking about dragon baits on lake or in low current situations, behind the boat, pulling it with your trolling motor. Now, are you using the uh, uh, dragon tail that Larry Muse uh, designed and come up with, or are you using the, uh, the weights where you put them in a little... Uh, Something and and uh, I forgot Slinky weights or what kind of what kind of weights right What kind of weights are you using for that
1: uh, Slinky weights uh, the Larry Muse rigs and uh, pencil weights It depends on how much structure's in the lake You know if if we're if we're dragging some um, some nice smooth flats um, you know we'll just throw on some pencil weights or may not even use any weights. Uh, it depends on the current and all that um, we've done we've done very well uh, not even using any weights at all in, in a lot of situations uh, getting the baits on up into the water columns to where the fish are actually feeding instead of being on the bottom
0: okay,
2: okay.
1: It, you know it seems like a you know especially in in the channels um, with blue cats, you know, I I believe, you know, especially with the eyes being on top of their forehead, you know, their body is made to feed up, um, and I believe that's what a lot of them do. Um, So, you know, getting that bait on up in the water column has worked really good for me lately.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, the dragon I use that on Tennessee River. It's deadly. Uh, When there's no no, uh, current, you know, I'm using a four or five foot leader, and about a half an ounce pencil sinker, and putting it about a hundred to hundred fifty feet behind the boat. Get the way back there.
0: Now, uh, let me ask you a question, Doc. There, when when I'm back bouncing, I want that that bait. Pardon me. And my weight, as I'm bouncing down the river, I want that behind the boat. And the reason I do is there's no shadows, there's no uh, uh, right. noise from the boat. The bay, Everything gets to it, the bait gets to it before any of that stuff in the boat gets to it. Is that the reason when you're dragging yes. that you want all that noise past the fish uh, on the bait?
2: Not only noise, but uh, you know, I, I a lot of the times I think the shadow of the boat, you know, if it's a bright, sunshiny day, it's got to show a shadow down on there. And, you know, if, if I'm watching my depth finder, a lot of times I'll see those fish. They'll be right under the boat, and then you'll see them move to the outside because my side scanner will pick them up, and I see them moving away from the boat. And then I, I got a feeling that they come in behind the boat after the boat passes by them. And then, you know, here comes my baits you know dragon so and I try to go as slow as I can you know it, it just sometimes it's hard to do but and then again we, that's where you know I'll use drift socks I'll put drift socks out I got four drift socks I can use so I, I can I can slow that boat down to a crawl
0: so when you're talking about as slow as you can are you talking about under a half mile an hour
2: yeah, I'm running, a lot of times I'm running 0.1, 0.2 mile an hour.
0: So you're just barely moving.
2: Yeah, just barely moving along, letting them get a good, nice long look at that bait.
0: Now, I, I believe that that is extremely important in situations where you do not have current. Uh, in in current situations where, where we run these rivers and stuff with anywhere from uh, two or three to six or eight mile an hour depending on the situation of course if it's that fast you're not doing much bouncing anyhow but uh, we usually start by cutting it in half and then slowing down till we find the fish uh, I don't know if that's how everybody else do it but but usually uh, my my favorite speed is between a half mile an hour to just over one mile an hour Uh, And it really doesn't seem to matter how much uh, current we have, but there is times when they want it faster than that, and there's times when they want it slower than that. And that's something a lot of people forget to do is change and adjust speeds uh, if you're not getting bit. If you're getting bit, it doesn't make any difference. Whatever you're doing, you want to keep doing it. But if you're not getting bit, it may just be because you're going too fast or maybe you're going too slow.
2: Right. And And a lot of times as the water temperature starts raising, they get aggressive and they want to see something a little bit faster going by them. You
0: know. I so. agree. I agree. All right. Well, Chuck, is there any other methods that you're you're uh, really wound about right now for this year?
1: Yes. Uh, you know, getting you know getting that back bouncing down so I can uh, you know get it perfected for the Mississippi River. Um, you know, getting out there and being able to beat them guys at their own game—if it does happen—that will be, you know, way on up there on on my uh, on my chart. You know, may you know a top twenty would be uh, a win for. Well, you, you haven't caught
2: a fish back bouncing yet, yeah, but important.
1: And and you know that's what the guys are going to be doing. That's what the guys who win are probably going to be doing. I know. Uh, I know you can do it while you're traveling and while you're anchored. You can do it either way. Um, you know, just get out and see, you know, I guess how the water is going to be at that time. You never know what exactly the current's going to be like on on right. any river. But, you know, just, just get trained up on all the different situations on that back bounce and, then, and um, you know, so I can find all them little holes, nicks and crannies, where those big blues are and, and get that bait down in there on top of them.
2: You haven't caught a fish back bouncing yet.
1: No, I've I've bounced bottom for a long time, you know, just straight up and down, vertical. Yeah. Um, you know, but I've never actually uh got the back bouncing down and, and made made a catch yet.
2: Yeah, it's pretty exciting, especially when they try to take a black horse rod out of your hand.
1: Yeah, I've been so. talking to Lyle about getting a strap or something to go yeah. from my rod <laughs> to my belt. <laughs> just. Um,
2: Yeah, that's usually when they try to take it. Just as you're kind of lifting it, man, they'll just walk down on it. Yeah, I need something
1: so it won't get out of arms. If that rod cannot get out of arm's length of me, I I will have a fit.
0: (laughs) I have some ladies that I have actually uh, built the pink bumping rods for, and what they do is they call me up later and say, hey, I need a tether or something. Well, after the rod's done, It's kind of too late to make that kind of adjustment, so what we do is I send them a piece of the the pink uh, uh, paracord and cut it off plenty long, and then they'll do like a half-hitch knot around the base of the reel and the trigger on the rod and run it back and and tie the other end of the loop over and put it over top of a rod holder stem. That way... If it gets jerked out of their hand, they can grab that paracord and still get that in there. But, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and some may agree, and may not agree. But uh, people, for some reason, think that they have to run 20 or 30 pounds of drag on their reels, and that's the silliest thing. Uh, eight to ten. Fifteen at the most is all the drag you need to catch fish with. If you it, Don't ever have more drag than you can hold, and the way you find out about that is is you get somebody out on the end of it and pull them as hard as they can or, or take off running or something, and if you can't hold on to that rod, then that drag's too tight for you. You need to loosen it up. There, there's no sense of, of breaking stuff and losing equipment. Uh, If the drag's too tight, it's just too tight if you can't hold on to it. So uh, that's something that that people should remember. Well, Doc, what do you have for alternative methods of rod and reel fishing?
2: That was, uh, well, that and I like using the planer boards. I've been using planer boards for a long time, especially uh, when I was anchor fishing. Uh, Using the planer boards to keep the rod... Keep the baits separated so they're not all swinging, piling up against each other. Nothing more mm-hmm. aggravating. Not more aggravating than you pick up one rod and you see the rod right beside it move down at the same time you pick that one up.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, we we do a lot of drifting, uh, and it's not always back bouncing. Sometimes it's drifted just down the just down the river and. Uh, those things can get hung up, and if they're too tight, you can't get loose from them. But one of the things that we have done for a long time is take 10-foot rods out the side at a, at a 90-degree angle from the back of the boat, and that extends your scent trail as you're floating down that water. Uh, the problem with those are if you get a big fish on, and it doesn't have to be a giant fish, just a, a good-sized fish, those long rods have so much leverage with that fish pulling against them that they're hard to get out of a rod holder. They're hard for me to get out of a rod holder and Cindy can't hardly get them at all. She has uh, shunned off from ten foot rods on her side of the boat, period. Uh, she's not overly wild about an eight foot rod, but a ten foot rod she's not going to have no part of it because she can't get it out. So that's where uh, when I got affiliated with Church Tackle, that uh, the planer boards was intriguing to me, and since they was wanting to get into the catfishing business, then I thought this was the perfect opportunity. And I did, like I said last week, I brought these things in here. And I know this is one doc that you're very interested in. This yep. is this this baby is designed. This is called a stern planer board, and it is designed to go directly behind the back of the boat. And what you do is you hook your line up. <clears throat> to the front on the clip, you just clip your line in there and it's set to where you know your line will pull out. You run your line down the top of it and run it through this, this clip right here and it'll just sit there. You adjust it to where it'll set right there. This will hold it in your spot. You've got your line at whatever length off the back of it that you want and you can run two of these off sides to your motor and they'll stay right in line with your boat. Doesn't matter if you turn, doesn't matter if you go straight, That wherever the back of that boat is, these babies are going to be right there. So if you're in 15 yeah, like foot of that. water, yeah, and if you're in 15 foot of water and, and you want this uh, thing set at 14 foot or at 12 foot, where, you know, if you're marking fish uh, on your, your depth finder that are suspended, you can set that bait however far you want. There is a, <clears throat> if this thing's riding too uh, high in the water, and you want it up where you can see it better in the bottom of this there's a plug and you can take that plug out and you can put water in that and level this thing out to where you can make it any way you want to. Now from my perspective I'm thinking uh, somewhere around 20 to 30 feet behind the boat would be ideal that way your others are way out there and this and staying in fairly close and you can have two of these out the back of your boat they're not straight off the bottom of the boat so the fish are not going to be in the shadow the, the boat is already passed before they see your bait this is going to be a, a game changer for a lot of people especially on lakes but I'm anxious to get these things out on the river and try them that way I think they're going to be a really good tool for that
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> The next one they have is called a walleye planer board. Now, I actually have my tape measure here because I couldn't remember all the links and, and stuff on them. But this, this walleye planer board is 9 and a half inches long. Get it up here where you can see it. it yep. This thing is designed to where when you hook your line up to it, uh, I'm not sure how good everybody can see it, but this is adjustable. Your line goes through there, and you adjust that to where it's tight or loose, and there's a screw uh, on the back side of this with a nut on the front side of it, and the nut slips down inside of a, uh, like a, a socket head, and you can tighten that thing up to where it'll never pull out of this, Or you can loosen it up to where the line will pull out of it. In the back side of it, you have this pin that pulls up, and your line comes through here, and it runs through the pin, so you never lose your board. If your line, uh, if you get a fish on, I keep turning it around backwards, but if you get a fish on, and it pulls loose up here, your line is going through where this pin is, and that thing just ride along through there. It's not going to bother anything because it's going to be sitting on top of the water. And when you get your fish up, you net your fish and you hook your planer board out and you drop it back off with your new bait on and you're, you're set to go again. Very neat, very lightweight, compact, doesn't take no room in your boat. And I'm going to say that this will hold a 2 or 3, 4-ounce weight and um, a pretty good-sized piece of bait. So, uh, you know, they they have weights on them. The weights on the bottom are adjustable. So if you got a heavier bait or a lighter bait, you can slide that up and down, so if you want your board at this angle or this angle or if you want it level, you just slide your weight back and forth and tighten those screws back up, and that will get you set up uh, to where you can use it for, but again, uh, I sh- don't have an exact number on how much weight these will hold, but on lakes and stuff where you don't have any current, this may be all most people ever need. A uh, very good piece of equipment. These things are so well made, it's unbelievable. Uh, yes. and, and Everything on them is adjustable. They're just they're a great option for guys that are dragging bait and pulling weights behind their boat.
2: Even if you're <laughs> not even dragging the stuff. Uh, I've used as much as 8-ounce on that board. That, on that typical board, I've used 8 ounces on it, on the river.
0: On the river. And, and that's, yes. the th- that's the other thing. If you're anchored on a river... You can throw them out with your bait. Just drop them off the side, and, and they'll just go out to the side. Either side, there's left and right ones, and you can change the, the the way these things are mounted to make them go either side just by changing where this is at and going in and putting your line through here. But these things will take them out, and, and you can put them out away from your boat as far as you want to go. Uh, my concern is being able to see them Uh realistically, uh, you know, as you get to be my age, it gets a little bit harder to see them. Now, this TX-22 is 9 and a quarter inches long. It's bigger, it's heavier, uh, and the weight on it is on the inside. Again, you can take this thing and take this screw out and move that weight forwards or backwards uh, to where you can level it, going down the river. It has the same concept with these, and I don't know how well you see these, but, but that screw that's on here, and it's a double locking nut, and you put that in there, and they're set pretty tight right now. If you squish that down there, that line is locked in. It's not going anywhere. And then your other line comes back through here, and you just adjust it. Now, these, they have a tattletale on them. So you can, if you're having trouble seeing you can put this flag up there. There is an option for these that you can attach on there, and you can set it to where when a fish hits, it'll either throw the flag up or take the flag down. Oh. I don't have that on here. That'll be the next thing that I'm going to get because I'm ex- these these planer boards. I am really really excited about these. These are going to be a game changer for a lot of people that are that are having trouble uh, dragging baits, drifting baits, even for people that's anchored. If you are like Cindy and I and can't get those long rods out of there, and you don't want to be fishing five or six or eight feet out the side of your boat, well, you can go 30, 40, 50, 60. However far this thing will take you, and you can see, you can use them. Uh, And and I'm gonna guess this will probably hold eight, 10 ounces of of, uh, bait and weight, something like that. I mean, very well-made product. And like I say, you can buy the adapter. The piece that goes on here just screws on, and you hook it up with a spring, and you can set it to where when a fish strikes, The flag goes up, or you can set it when the that it stays up, and that when the fish strikes, it goes down. You can do it either way you want to, but a really good product from Church Tackle. Now, this is the one that I am I am wound up about, and I want to get it back on the big water. This TX44 is 14 and a quarter inches long. It has the same the same locking mechanism up here for your line. It has this uh, pin and this is stainless steel and you can set it either in the top or bottom to adjust this like you want it. You can also turn this single over. It has two weights two weights in the bottom of them for adjustment so you can make them set higher or lower in the water. It has the flag set up on it just the same as the other and again I don't have that that option on here but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get those and put on them to see which way I like them better. But this baby 16, 18 ounces of weight without any issues. It is extremely durable. It's very well built. It uh, has a spring with keepers on it to, to make this part of it work. Uh, you can adjust the weight on them. It, it's just amazing that this thing will float along. And this, this thing's big enough. Now, you can take this off the side of your boat dock. You can go a long way and be able to yeah. see it. And if you're having trouble seeing it, like I may or may not, throw that flag up. Heck, I don't, you know, you got a rod on that thing. It's hooked up to a rod. Your rod will tell you if you got a bite or not. So uh, as long as I can see this, I'm going to be happy with it. They go left or right. You can put them up, set them up either direction. These things are, like I say, I have used uh, planar boards in the past and, and quit using them because the boards that I had would not suspend. Uh, enough weight with the with the weight and the the um, uh, bait on them. to the fish I was fishing for, it wouldn't keep them up out of the water. They was constantly under the water where you couldn't see them. They would still go over to the side, but uh, you know you couldn't see them. You never knew whether they was hung up or whether they wasn't. The, this this church tackle has eliminated that issue with this TX44 now. Uh, they are, they are, they got it going on at Planer Boards now. They really do, and, and the people up there, Bill and the, and the girl that works one. They're just really sweet. You call up there, they'll answer any questions you want. They'll sell you the product. They'll do anything uh, to to work with you any way you can to make sure you get what you need. And these things are made to use originally on the Great Lakes. Uh, the Great Lakes got a lot of big lowers. It's a very windy lake. All those lakes up there are. Yeah. And they're they're using them for salmon fishing. They're using them for walleye fishing. They're using them for striped bath. Anything, whatever's in those lakes is what they're catching on these planer boards. And uh, they've been using them for years. So this is, to me, the most exciting thing going on in catfishing right now. I'm really wound up about it. I think it's going to be a... Uh, a really game changer for a lot of people and some people may not get along with them They're just you're just going to have to try them or go with somebody that's got some before and, and see if it's what you want but I think that it's a uh, going to be a major thing especially on lakes Now one of the things that I'm interested in and doc you may have done this I don't know I want to try to rig them up to back bounce behind the boat, and have two out the side while I'm drifting backwards. Now I'm not sure I'm going to get that done, but I'm going to try to do it. So one way or the other, I'm going to I'm going to put in a good effort for
2: it. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how it works. I, I, and that cone bobber, that one with the cone, that 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 the stern, looks like a game changer.
0: The stern planer, you know, yeah. the way they've got this thing built, of course, it's it's nearly Foolproof, you know. And, and believe me, if there's anybody messing anything up, I'm the guy, you know. But <laughs> you just clip that in there, clip your line right in there, and it closes right up. I'm gonna get it. Just clip your line right there, close it up, and run your line through here, and you can't lose it. I mean, you can't lose it. And, and if for some reason you break your line off above your leader, above your swivel, these things float. You just go yeah, back, pick it up, up tie right Yeah. Yep. Tie. You're not going to lose one. How long do you say you had these Doc, and hadn't lost one? Uh,
2: I've had my planer. I've had the church planer boards for over twenty years,
0: and never and lost
2: one. Never lost one, and they've always. <laughs> and when a catfish hits them, buddy, they come flying out of the water. <laughs> I mean, you won't, you won't have any trouble seeing them. I mean, they pop up. <coughs> and, you know. It, now my clips are different. Mine are the original clips, which are stainless steel that have a spring on them. And the farther you put the line back into that clip, the tighter it gets.
0: Right. And and you can wrap those. If you're worried about them coming under you, you can wrap them and all kinds of stuff. Now, when when you uh, place your order with Church Tackle, they will send you this little booklet. And it has all the planer boards, all the accessories for the flag deal in it. Uh, It tells you... how to do things, how to rig them up. They've, they've got a lot of stuff in here like brass swivels and things that, that, that you're not aware of. And they have other clip setups, uh, the pin-type clip, I don't know if you can see that or not, where you it's on the stern planer, where you just clip them in there. But the others are so adjustable, uh, all you need to have is one of those tiny pocket screwdrivers and you can make it lightweight where it pulls loose, or you can tighten it down where it's never going to come loose. Now, the only thing about if you got it tightened down, uh, when you're reeling that baby up and it gets up to your rod, you're going to need somebody there to unclip it, which just takes a flip of your thumb, and then pull the pin and get it off out of your way. Uh, take just a matter of seconds, but... Uh, You're either going to have to hold that rod with that fish on it and do it yourself, or uh, to me, most guys catfish with a partner, so it would just be a lot simpler uh, to let the other guy just reach up there and take that baby off if you're going to have to have them that tight. Uh, Myself, I think I want mine loose where it just pulls out. uh, Just have it tight enough to where uh, it'll hold the bait without coming undone and and go on from there.
2: Yeah, because I always set mine up as soon as a fish gets it, it pops off. And then the board right. runs right back to the fish and acts like a bar. You can see that thing. It's all going crazy because that clip in the back is still holding that line. And then when you get the board up near the, the boat, somebody can just reach over, grab that board, and just unclip it. That's what's really nice about that spring-loaded pin in the back. You just right. undo it, and it's out of there.
0: Right. Now, Scott Woody had wrote in, he had sent us a message that when you need a planer board, uh, be sure that to use a swivel in front of the clip, it comes loose, and slide down the line all the way to the hook. Uh, that's true, but these float, so they're not going to really go down. Uh, they may go under the water, but they're going to pop right back up, and all you got to do when you get that baby up close to the water, if you're worried about it scaring your fish, you just reach over and you grab this pin and you pull it up, your line comes out, and you just set your planer board down and you're ready to use it again. So it's like Doc was saying, it's very, very simple, easy process. Now, uh, when you get your stuff in from them, they, they have all kinds of information they send to you. They send you a complete price list with all their other stuff, and and that locking system is called a mini-lock jaw clip, um, and you, you can buy replacements if for some reason that you break them. And this is not all the planer boards these people have. they got a TX-12 mini-flag system uh, that goes with them and all kinds of stuff, and, and uh, if you get a chance, go to churchtackle.com and look at their products. I think you'll be impressed. If you want to try them out, um, if if I can help you, send me a message. And I'll get to it as quick as as I can. We've been having some health issues and family, and and I'll work hard to, to get back to you as quick as I can. But uh, you can you can get a hold of them and send Bill and them guys a, a message, and they will answer your questions fast, easy, and uh, they know all about them. Their motto is, "We didn't invent planar boards; we just perfected them." And, and I think, as as you can see from what I've showed you, that that is, in fact, uh, they have perfected them.
2: Yeah, it's a good board. Uh, you know, like I said, I've had mine over 20 years, and uh, they're st- they're they're red. You know, the, they don't the color doesn't bleach out even while they're out there in the sun all day long. Uh, a lot of times when I'm working the lake out here, CJ or uh, Rocky Fork, you know, people come up, roll up next to me. And he, hey, how many walleye you got? I said none, but boy, I got a whole bunch of catfish. Looking at me,
0: that's kind of funny. Yeah, I, I see that that Cindy made the uh, statement on here that I throw the <laughs> rod out of the boat the other day, and. Um, We actually got away for a little while and went up to the lake uh, Saturday, I believe it was, and and, uh, we were doing some testing with some stuff and playing around, and and, uh, we was getting light bit, and I intended on taking a new roller tip rod up, and it didn't get dry enough to take, so we'll do that again one of these days, and I'll report on how I think that's going to work out. But, uh, you know, when you put new line on a reel, uh, especially braid, and you're sitting at home and you're reeling it on there and you don't get it stretched real good and you go to cast them babies out and they've got a catch in them. Well, I threw her bait off, threw her rod in the water, <laughs> lost it all. New reel, new rod, everything kind of, well, it wasn't real new rod, but it was fairly new rod. And I just put this reel on it a couple days before, or last week or whenever it was. So uh, I, I was fortunate enough that when I throwed it out of the boat, uh, it went right over a line that I had just cast so I picked it up and uh, the line twisted around the bait at the bottom of that and I pulled it back in and we got everything back but uh, one of the one of the times that I'm pretty happy that we didn't have the, the video camera going uh, <laughs> pretty sure that she would have had that up before I ever got home Um uh, <laughs> But we had a really good time. Like I say, we've been having some family things go on with uh, my mother's not doing so good. And uh, it was great to get out for her and I just to go up to the lake and, and run around uh, for a little bit. We had a really good time. Got to get out in the old monster cat and stretch her legs a little bit. And Man, what a boat that thing is. You guys need one. Everybody ought to have one of them. That's a great boat. Um, what else you got tonight, Chuck?
1: Uh, that's that's about all I've got for tonight. We don't have many tournaments or anything going on since uh since our director uh had different work scheduling going on and had to to cease the trail around here locally. That's that was most of my plans. I could probably uh, I'm looking at some other uh, trails and stuff and and planning some fill-ins for the. Uh, or some that I had planned with the Alabama Catfish Trail. But uh, not any time before the spawn's over, I don't think. Uh, we got a couple little um, fruit jar tournaments we're doing around here. They're really fun. But uh, we'll probably have one of those every couple of weeks or so just to keep things fun and interesting.
0: I read about that when you guys throw that together the other day. I was so glad you all done that. Uh, I remember the time when that's how catfish tournaments was run. You know, everybody got <laughs> together. And they, they throwed a money handful money of. Money. That's yeah. it. That's it. You know what we used was a was a money bag from a bank. You throw the money in there, and, and uh the guy that that won the the tournament, you just handed the money bag. He took what was in it out and handed you the bag back. <laughs>
1: I mean that, that's what it's all about anyway. Everybody getting together, having a good time, and just uh, have a little money enough money to make it, <laughs> it interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, and I, I'd rather go around telling everybody I beat you guys and take your money anyhow.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, you know the 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 little bragging right fun thing, man. It's it's just awesome.
0: Well, you, you know, know when Daniel Daniel gets all settled down and we all get back down there for that. Uh, uh, winter blues on Wheeler. It, it won't be all about fun then. It'll be about kicking ass and taking names.
1: Yeah, he's, Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure the uh the winter blues and some other big things that he's working on, they're still gonna be happening. Uh, you know, we just got he's just got a problem being able to be available uh right. all these different Saturdays for his uh, local trails. So
0: well, I've told everybody that I talk to when they say, "Oh, man, my job's getting in the way of my fishing." You know what? Times are pretty tough right now, and if you have a good job, you better take care of that Hang job. On, them fish, yep, yeah, yep. them them fish will be there. You can catch them next, the next day, the next week, the next month. But you take care of that job, support your family, and you'll be way better off.
1: Yep, and you know that. that I told myself I was not going to miss this spring for the past two years. uh, You know, a few years ago, me and Leanne went out almost every night and caught flatheads during the spring. Oh, I know. And the past two years, spring just flew right by. I was so busy. Spawn was here before I know it. And, you know, I'm determined the next few weeks here. uh, I got a little bit left on this yard project going on right now. And then after that, it's... uh,
2: fishing every day. <laughs> well, see, hey, Lyle, Yes, sir. You see that jacket all lit up, see it all lit up on him?
0: I do. We were talking about
2: that earlier. Man, he he's like a here, he's all, yeah, he's like a neon bulb up there. Yeah, he's a tron-
0: like a pregnant woman, he's got a glow about him, don't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty good and at night when you're out there fishing at night that's good to have something like that so there's no mistaking whatever's going on. Well, yeah, I, like yeah.
1: I like the I like the way you can turn it inside out and have full reflective um, you know, if you if you need to get out there on the boat and, and wave it or something. Um, Absolutely. you can probably see it a mile away. This thing's bright on the inside.
0: Okay. Well get that million candle power uh, spotlight, I got in the boat, pointed your direction. I'll light you up like a Christmas tree.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I got, I got one of those, too, but <laughs> my luck, it'll be broke hey. when I need it.
0: Well, I hope not, because if you need it, there's nothing to replace it.
1: No. I, you know, I, I'm trying to uh, figure out a way to get them running lights. Well, you know, they supposedly docking lights, um, you know, rigged up on my boat where they won't interfere with the trolling motor. Um, right, right. I don't know if I'm, you know, with that white boat, you know, anytime you you fire that light from midsection up, you know, that white reflects back at you and you can't see where you're going. So I'm thinking about trying to mount them up underneath uh, the the front gunnel right on the edges where there's no way that, uh, you know, they won't hit anything going on the trailer or anything. And that way they'll just shine straight down into the water without shining on any white. So um, I'm going to try to yep. find a place up under there to mount them.
0: Uh, that would be, that'd be good. I know there's a lot of good situations. I, one of the biggest things, and we haven't talked about this a whole lot, but one of the greatest things that have been invented for fishermen in the last few years are these LED lights. Whether you're putting them on your boat, inside your boat, on the outside of your boat, or whether you do like I do and put them on poles and extend them up, uh, LED lights have been a great thing for the fishing industry, uh, they don't attract near as many bugs, not as uh, like the old uh, uh, high powered high wattage, high heat bulbs did. Uh, and they put out, you can, you can see better on them, you know, the bulk, the lights that we have on the old tracker, you can video off them if you want to, they're so bright, you can set underneath of them and, and tie your rigs if you get broke off or whatever, and uh, it's just really, really neat deal, uh, I, I'm so glad that we have have the, the new technology coming along, sometimes when I have to pay for it, I'm not as happy as I would be with some of the other stuff, but uh... It, it really the lighting uh... they don't use no electricity so you run a battery i've run them lights for two or three nights in a row and never charge a battery up i mean it's just amazing the quality of stuff that we've got these days and every day it seems like something is gaining ground and getting a little bit better and i'm very happy to see that in the
2: fishing industry yeah i had that old uh... the light that i built on the pvc pole on my boat that's on my website and. Use that for years, but, buddy, it was a bug. You know, every bug in the, on the river showed up, at, you know, on it.
0: Well, about the only thing that I know of that you can't stop with LED lights or at least slow down somewhat uh, are them uh, mayflies. I, I don't think there's anything yeah. in the world that stops them. Well, if they're,
1: the amber they're terrible. Button. Yeah, amber don't contain any blues or greens in it, you know, and, and you get these up in the colors, uh, even reds. Um, you know, get the ambers, and they're, they're a lot better on the bugs uh, than the blues, greens, and the other colors that you can get.
0: Yep, well, that, we're real excited about the new the new stuff and the Better Office guy, Doc, I know you got some stuff you want to talk about, and I know you got a tip for us tonight, so why don't you go ahead yeah. and put you...
2: All right, so uh, tournaments for this weekend. You got the Austin McNew benefit tournament going out of Tanner Street this Saturday. Cabela's has a tournament going out of Gallipolis, Ohio, Saturday, and I believe the Extreme tournament. That's Chad's tournament, isn't it, Chad? Yes. Ball. Yes. Uh, it's going out of Troy, Indiana, this weekend. So, and Doc's tip for the night. We were talking about money bags. Well, this is a, a mechanics bag that you can pick up at uh, Home Depot, uh, Lowe's, any place like that. This happened, and I know Chuck knows what this is. This is a a Klein bag. It's a tool pouch, is what it is. And I started this this year because I have a glove compartment in my boat, and every time I'm going to look for something, I can't find it. So I've made up this bag here so what do I keep in it? I keep a flashlight in it. I keep electrical tape in it. You can always use electrical tape. I keep a a lineman's plier in there because if I want to adjust something, I keep a three-quarter inch wrench inside here. This is what you adjust your Driftmasters, your Elite Rod Holders, Your monster rod holders with, so you know you're always got to have a three-quarter inch wrench. Uh, You got needle-nose pliers that you're trying to always. It seems like everybody's always hunting for these things when you got a fish on. Try to get the hook out. Carry an extra boat plug in there. The other thing is wire guys that use those breakaway anchors, you can put some wire ties in there. The other thing I'd use are hose clamps and I don't, I use the ones that don't need a screwdriver got the tabs that you can just turn and it tightens it up. Don't ever know, you can you know have a hose break loose on the boat and you gotta get something else in there. I also carry a small adjustable Screwdriver, so that you can work on reels that kind of stuff I carry my reel my the reel wrench that you get with like ambassador reels I keep that in in this bag So I've got a Yeti I carry my locks in there so everything is right here it's compact and it's right there and then it's in the glove compartment and when I want to get something all I gotta do is grab that bag bring it out and it's there you don't have to go rummaging through your uh, glove compartment trying to find something. So, also in this box, I've got a, I've got an extra box in here, but I carry fuses, fuses and fuse pullers for on the boat in case you pop a fuse, you can get it, and that's the reason I carry the flashlight on there. I don't do much night fishing, but like early in the morning when you're out on the water, you may need it, and that's Doc's tips for the night.
0: Well, that's a great one. I, I'd like to see you pack all that stuff in there, but that's a, you know, those right bags. There. Yeah, those bags give in every direction, and yeah. you'd be amazed yeah. at how much stuff that that you can get in there. Now, uh, in our glove box, Cindy keeps all the paperwork for insurance and boats and whatever you uh, in a, uh, a Ziploc bag, and then she puts it in a Tupperware thing. Doesn't take up her. much, but yeah. So Doesn't take up much space. It puts it away in there, uh, and and that works out for her. And I'm not going to argue about it over a bag or a Tupperware thing. If she likes a Tupperware thing, I'm okay. good
2: with whatever that. works.
0: That's right. But, you but, got but, that, that's, that having it all in one spot where you know where it's at. Uh, there's nothing that'll take its place if you need that tape or if you need that screwdriver, if you need that hose clamp. If you know it's in that bag, you reach that bag, you got it. In just a few minutes, you're done, and you're on to better fishing. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I know that the Twisted Cat Outdoors had their tournament up in uh, Burlington, Iowa over the weekend. Uh, Johnny Coleman ended up with second place, and... um, his mother, he fished with his mother, and I think that that's wonderful that he took his mother on Mother's Day uh, to go fishing up there. Um, uh, you know, they come down from Iowa and fish that tournament, and That that is uh, just really good. Mark Farrell and his girlfriend, uh, Brenda Bettis, uh, got first place. Now, we're talking about Channel Cat water on the Mississippi River. Their big fish was 12.55 pounds, and first place on a five-fish limit of Channel Cat was 43.60 pounds. Really, really good. Now, I know some of the guys up there uh, told me that they struggled uh, to get bites, and others said that they didn't have any problems getting it, but I think the fish was kind of shallow. and uh, you know, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Bill and Jim Newingham. Uh, They're not computer guys. They'll never know I did it, and and that's okay. But Bill and Jim Newingham won the Cabela's tournament up in Iowa a few years ago, and they fish out of that uh, boat that they won in that uh, year-end tournament. Those guys got second place at the uh, Peoria, Illinois tournament, the TCCA tournament. They come over and fish that night. Uh, Or that next day on the uh, Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament ended up with a fourth place finish. It's a pretty good weekend for them boys fishing two days in a row. Uh, I was impressed with the fact that there was 36, I believe, boats that showed up for that tournament in Burlington on Mother's Day. Uh, Several guys brought their wives. uh, Some brought their girlfriends. Uh, Amy Smith and Troy Hansen brought Amy's sister with them, Troy uh, I, I assume Troy let them catch the fish. Ben's only caught two, and he said he didn't catch one, so I'm guessing he was cooking for them, which I know he's fairly good at, so uh, I know that they had a really good time, and it appeared to me... I, I, actually, Alex streamed that live, and I got to see part of it. It was a good turnout and a good day, and, I, and I'm glad that they got to take their, their ladies fishing on Mother's Day. There's not much better way to spend it than that. So
2: Was that on the Mississippi?
0: Yes, sir. It was on the Mississippi River, Burlington, Iowa.
2: Yeah, it looked like they had some serious current because I watched the uh, the takeoff, and, <laughs> and them boats were cooking right back through there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and the river's really in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, it's like when Claude was over here, he, we was up on that Missouri, and oh my God, I never seen no current like this. Well, it it really wasn't that bad, you know. It <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't. Yeah. Uh, I, it didn't bother me at all, uh, but, you know, we're, we're used to it. And, and uh, I, I say this a lot, and and I know people think I'm goofy, but uh, until you've been on these rivers, uh, most of the rivers throughout the United States, when they're flooded, are nothing like we are in normal conditions. And, and people think that that's a lie, and it's not. It's the gospel if I ever trolled it. And uh, the Missouri, uh, as a general rule, I have more current on it than... Than the Mississippi, just simply because, oh, it's, of, yeah, it's it it gets rocking and a rolling.
2: It cranks. It definitely it, it,
0: cranks. I'm excited, Doc, to get down to Memphis. Uh, I've never been that far south on the Mississippi River. Uh, I, I'm really wound up about this, and I know George has worked real hard and, and to get all this stuff put together for that tournament. I, I'm really excited. Uh, hopefully, we get to go down there and do some pre-fishing. Uh, ahead of the tournament, so we kind of get used to that, but I've never been on a river as wide as that's going to be down there. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: and, it's, uh, it's wide. It's, I know, yeah, yeah. I know Chuck, Chuck's going to think he's on the, He's on Wheeler Lake, turned sideways with current going sideways because it's big down there. I've been over that at Dyersburg and two or three places down through there, and, uh, man, you jump across that bridge, you wonder how they ever got them bridges to go all the way
2: across that river. So, uh, It'll be interesting because in 2007, I fished back there, and I was with uh, Ken and Elsie Lewis, and Dale Kearns was behind us. And it was real, it was real foggy that morning, and we were just kind of easing up through there. We were trying to get to our spots. And uh, all of a sudden, I, was, I seen Dale behind us, and then they disappeared, and I thought it was a fog bank. Oh. Uh, it was all them Asian carps. We had gone into a shallow area, and I mean, we couldn't <laughs> even see Dale, because then things were coming out of the water everywhere.
0: You know, so, I'm, cl- I'm glad that you brought up Dale. Um, I visited with Dale down at Monsters on the Ohio and he agreed to come on the show, and I have actually forgot about getting in touch with him. I need to get a hold of Dale and get him on here. Uh, Dale Kearns is one of the premier fishermen in, in catfishing. Um, I, you know, he's uh, he doesn't do a lot of this kind of stuff, but he told me that he would do it. He didn't even know we had a show. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people that don't. You know, I, I understand yeah. that, but... But um, you know Dale Kearns is so knowledgeable and such a great ambassador for catfishing. Uh, I will try to make an effort to get a date with him on on so we can get him on Catfish Weekly. I think he'd be a really good, a really good guy to have on here and talk about his experiences and and the things that he does uh, uh, put fish in a boat. Because I'm telling you, he's another one of them guys that when you pull into a tournament, and you see Dale there, you know that you got your work cut out for him because he's yeah. going. He's, he's going to be doing everything he can do to win it, and uh, a lot of times he does.
2: Yeah, when we were fishing on the Mississippi, he was down below us, and we watched him dropping 60-pounders in the boat. Well, you, he was releasing 60-pounders because he had two seventies in the boat, and he couldn't <laughs> keep anymore, you know. I'm sitting there just shaking my head watching him just, you know, put, he was putting on a clinic below us, so. Yeah. yeah, he's a, he's yeah awesome. guys like that. Yeah, he's an awesome fisherman. I fished with him for years and years and years, and he, he's a good guy. You know, he's he's real quiet. I've always wanted. To, I've always wanted to just spend a day on the water with him, just to see how he does
0: things. Yep, I, it'd be time well spent, and and uh, I I I'm convinced. That it doesn't matter if I get in the boat with you or with Chuck or with Jason Matheny. It doesn't matter who it is. If I get in the boat with somebody I've never fished before, I'm going to pick up something that never I wasn't. You're going to learn something. Yeah. Gonna learn something. Uh, I'm not yep. sure that goes around the other way. People may never learn anything from me, but you're going <laughs> to do. You may do the same thing I do, but you may do it different. And then we get Chuck in the boat, he may do the same thing too, but he may do it just a little bit different again. And, and you take the best of what everybody does. If you can pick up something from anybody, uh, that's just knowledge you've gained.
2: Yep, yeah, it's always about that edge.
0: That, that's exactly right. And and some of them guys like Dale Kearns and Jeff Dodd and Jason Darrell Masegill, some of them boys, they uh, Casey Tudor, John Master. they've got an edge. Yeah, you know and and they need to share that with some of us <laughs> and that maybe maybe Chuck that's what we've been doing wrong and maybe Doc can help us out you know Jason Mathena told me when we had Jeff Dodd on he watched that show and he said you let him off the hook you let him off the hook he said I would ask him about this and I would ask him about that he said you got him on that show he's got to tell you something and maybe that's where we messed up Chuck. maybe we should have got in there and and, and pounded them guys a little bit harder, but I consider all of my friends, and, and I wouldn't do anything to embarrass them or try to ask them anything they didn't want to know, but these guys are usually so willing to help other people that I'm pretty sure that they just about tell you anything you want to know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first the, the first time they don't volunteer, then the second <laughs> time we'll beat them up for it.
0: <laughs> well, now, I told you that Jeff has agreed to be on the show again, but it'll be after... Uh, he gets all of his planting and farming stuff done, and I understand that's just like a job. It's his job, so he has to take care of that, and we all understand that. Right. All right. Well, if you guys don't have anything else, we're gonna we're gonna close her out. All right. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for watching the show tonight. We appreciate Austin and Michael McNew for for uh, spending a few minutes with us. I wish we had a little better better interconnect connection, but you know we'll do that again one of these days and check in on Austin and see how he's doing. we Chuck Davison and Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes, and thanks for watching Catfish Weekly.